The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, not quite the same as sitting outside, but it is dry and it is air-conditioned. Welcome to Easter sunrise. Text for this morning, the gospel lesson that was read for us just a few moments ago from Matthew chapter 28. The relationship between believing and seeing is complicated and much disputed in science, in philosophy, and even in psychology. Here's how a Psychology Today article began. Seeing is believing is perhaps one of the most uncontested idioms in the English language. Court cases are waged on the power of eyewitness testimony. When people hear something on the news, they ask, is there video? When something astounding happens, we want to see it with our own eyes. But what happens when our eyes deceive us, this article continues. What happens to our rock-hard concepts of certainty when visual media are so easily tampered with? And, I, and why do we put such indisputable trust in our eyes in the first place? And then this conclusion. These are not hypothetical questions. These are urgent matters for our media-hungry public if we want to maintain a collective understanding of truth, accuracy, and authenticity. I have really good news for you today. Faith, believing in Jesus, even for the two Marys in our text, comes by hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. So let's, let's go to the Word. 
Now, the metaphors, the images of real life experience are bursting from the beginning of Matthew's report of the resurrection. It's just before dawn, those twilight moments when everything is still mostly asleep. It's quiet, it's a new day, and something incredible is about to happen. These two Marys had watched the horrible execution of Jesus from afar. They had followed Joseph of Arimathea and watched him lay Jesus' lifeless body in the tomb. But here's the first point. Their purpose in going that first Easter morning was to see the grave and nothing more. So can we start there? I mean, the preachers preach and preach and uh, preach that every day is a new day in Christ Jesus. When you get up, make the sign of the Holy Cross and say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and remember your baptism where you were united with Jesus by faith in his death, in his burial, and in his supernaturally miraculous resurrection. Now, cliches are cliché in part because they have a measure of truth in them. And even if it gets worn out from overuse, it is still true that today is actually the first day of the rest of your life. Now, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were trapped in the past. They saw no hope for the future. And most of the time, so am I. <laughs> so are you. Now, I think that today will be like yesterday. So let's just grit our teeth and, and try to get through it. And we wind up living by another cliche, doing the same thing over and over, expecting to get different results. Now, there are some barriers to believing and therefore being able to see this new life that is ours even now. The two Marys trapped in their past, disappointment and defeat. First, there is a stone in front of the tomb preventing them from seeing that it is already empty and there are guards to make sure that they don't. So what are the barriers to our believing and therefore seeing and therefore living like a resurrected follower of Jesus? What are the excuses? What are the circumstances? What are the perfectly rational reasons that your life and mine are not bubbling over every day with irrepressible joy? I mean, maybe, maybe you've never heard before. That God loves you and this broken mess of a world so dearly that he, he became a man in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. And through Jesus' perfect life, death, and resurrection, he has created people a secret passage out of sin, out of the cemetery, into the most incredible way of life that actually starts right now. The hour that you first believe and will never end. 
Or maybe you have heard it. But you haven't taken the time or haven't taken the time recently to actually sit down with a Bible and with a well-versed, committed believer by your side and work through the simple but deeply profound truths of Christianity. See, I think that there are, there are physical stones that, that block your way. There's no place to hear the message. There's no relationship with other believers to work it down into your life. There's no time in your busy life. And there's emotional stones that block the way, the pain of the past. I mean, your, your, your own failures, not to mention people who call themselves Christian that hurt you or the tragic death of a loved one that you just cannot reconcile with a loving God. And those can become psychological stones, patterns of thinking that reject religion as irrational addictions to substances and patterns of behavior, self-loathing on the one hand, thinking too little of yourself, and self-aggrandizing on the other hand, thinking way too much of yourself. (laughs) And if the stone in front of the tomb wasn't enough, there were guards posted to keep them out. Now, let's be absolutely honest this Easter morning. Organized religion itself sometimes stands like an armed guard blocking the way with all of its hypocrisy. And then then there's American politics that's always fighting about the separation of church and state and what that means in the case of the unborn or minorities or choose your other issue. We're just the frenetic pace of life. And the kids' sports every Sunday. And an endless parade of opportunities for entertainment. What we need, what we need is an earthquake and an angel. The stone and the guards were no match for that angel. I imagine him with the flick of a finger rolling away the stone, plopping himself down on the top of the stone with a grin from ear to ear as he removes all that stood in the women's way of believing and therefore seeing that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now before you start wishing for earthquakes and angels this morning, I need you to look carefully because that is not what jump-started this Mary's and the other Mary's faith. In fact, the angel scares the living daylights out of them as angels do every time they show up. Look closely and you will discover that in fact their fledgling faith begins when the angel speaks. Something like, you two, stop being afraid. It is an emphatic, redeeming, transformative invitation and that's what we need. Because ever since Adam and Eve rebelled in the garden, fear has been the driving force of human experience. 
Someone handed me a diagram of the brain's activity this past week, and the diagram divided the brain into three levels, the lower primary level and the mid-level, and then, and then the upper level. People, guess where fear is? It is in the lower level. And if we're going to get out of the basement of our brains and experience the fullness of Jesus that he came to restore, we're going to need to hear these words of the angel. For you see, there's a specific reason why we should stop being afraid. And the reason is that a promise has been kept. Over and over, Jesus had said, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be condemned, crucified, buried, but... On the third day, rise again. So you can stop being afraid of death. So that you can stop being afraid of your own failures. But I need you to notice that stopping being afraid is also linked with action. Come and see, then go and tell. Come and see the place where he used it to lie, and their faith begins to flicker into a flame. First, they believe the angel's words, and then they see. They are emboldened, empowered, excited to go and to tell the disciples who will become the apostles, bravely proclaiming the death and resurrection of Jesus, that abandonment was not the last word for Jesus, not even the abandonment by God as God's son in the place of the whole human race on the cross. Defeat and darkness have been overthrown. Christ is risen from the dead. In him, people, life has won. All of them had failed. All of them had fallen but their denial did not matter. Now raised to the fullness of life, Jesus will show utter grace and complete mercy. It doesn't matter where you have been or what you have done. Hear and believe. Come and see. Your sins are forgiven. New life is yours starting right now, and it will never end. Now, the angel's work and his words are finished, and the women respond as they should, but there are more blessings for them and for us on the way. Look, the angel appeared in dazzling light, nearly scaring them half to death. Jesus almost casually approaches with a, used that, with a word that was used for meeting a friend, greetings. Like we might say, hey, or hi, how's it going? <laughs> Faith comes by hearing Jesus' words, and it advances quickly to worship. This is a word used exclusively in Matthew for the right worship of the one and only true God. And by using it, Matthew shows us that they finally got it. They finally acknowledged Jesus for who he was and who he is. God's son, Emmanuel, the human presence of God on earth, God in flesh. And falling down before him, they grabbed his feet 
which is simply Matthew's clever way of saying that Jesus was bodily present, flesh and bones, not an apparition, not a ghost. Ghosts don't have feet. As Jesus reinforces the message of the angel, go and tell, there is a subtle change in the language. For while the angel had said, go tell his disciples, Jesus said, go tell my brothers. Because not not only are we no longer faltering, failing followers of Jesus, we are now his immediate family. We are brothers and sisters of the risen king of the universe. We hear again and we believe. Faith comes from hearing. There are more blessings yet to come for us too. Believing, we can begin to see life differently. Look, believing, we can see all the wonderful things that God pours into our lives as gifts given to us out of His love clothing and shoes, house and home, wife and children, and all that I need to support this body and life. Believing, we can see our lives. And all the various roles that we play of husband, wife, child, employee, employer, friend, neighbor, co-worker, classmate, even our enemies as opportunities to share and to show the love of God in Christ Jesus. Believing, we can see. And this is surely the hardest We can see that even the pain and the suffering that comes our way are God's refining touch in our lives, shaping us into the people that he created and redeemed us to be. Grace upon grace, Jesus speaks, faith advances to worship, go and tell the world, oh, and I'll catch up to you later. This is the kingdom of God. This is the world put right. We're put right with him. We're put right with one another right now through faith until he comes again and makes it permanent. So here is an Easter resolution for you. Having heard and believed and seen, I would ask you to make a commitment today. To observe a regular rhythm of rest, to spend some quality time with Jesus. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe weekly worship, a daily moment of devotion and prayer, lots of resources available for that. Second, I would challenge you to seek out a well-versed follower of Jesus who is ahead of you on the path of believing and engage them in a conversation about where you are in your faith and where you'd like to be. And then go find another person who is behind you who has maybe never heard or has forgotten or is just starting to question and to wonder whether this Jesus life is worth it. And then third, 
I'd like for you to pick one habit, one behavior, one attitude, one tone of voice, or one way of talking that you know is not good or right or beneficial to you or to anybody else and let Jesus carry it into his tomb and leave it there to rot. And if you can't think of one, ask your spouse (laughs) or someone who knows you well. People, it is time to grow. It is time to change. It is time to experience the life of joy that the resurrection makes possible. Faith comes by hearing, and you have heard. Stop being afraid. Believe, and you will see. The stone is rolled away. The guards are gone. Now go and tell, and Jesus will be there in the flesh, risen from the dead. Ruling and reigning from heaven to meet you. When you die or when he comes again, there you will see him. Amen.